Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headware USA, and I'm joined today by three other lovely folks. But before we get to them, got to tell you this awesome broadcast you're about to hear and witness brought to you by our good friends over at TechWeld. USA made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. They offer many USA made products to help separate themselves from the promotional products pack. Look, it is award season, people. We are facing the end of the uh, end of the end of the year. We've got uh, you know all kinds of award shows and things like that popping up and creeping out everywhere. So, uh, you know, they've got uh, some awesome acrylic awards. You should definitely check them out. Custom acrylic pieces, uh, awards, phone stands, keychains, etc. Uh, they've got uh, stock and custom designs. And uh, their acrylic line focuses on different kinds of items uh, and makes the items, uh, you know, basically produced at different sizes and great quality for the awards. Uh, it could be a great piece to promote incentive programs and promote professionalism at a reasonable cost. Uh, so go be sure to check them out for sure. Uh, and one of my favorite items that they do is actually their full color process lunch boxes. Those things are awesome, man. Uh, so whether it's a decal imprint or the full color imprint, TechWeld's full color capabilities on their lunch boxes definitely set themselves apart. Uh, so go check them out at www.techweld.com. That is T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com. And let them know that Industry Insider sent you. Uh, why don't we say hi to our friend Stephen McFadden wearing a wonderful sleep in for good shirt that doesn't look like you just slept in it at all. Well done. I mean, what it would be uh, unfitting if it was like exactly. fresh out of the box. I had to make it like I slept in it. So I know. Like, are we just yeah. doing like the the sleep in for good like every every Wednesday? Can we make that a thing? They they oh, said in. well, they said for good. So yeah. I don't know how long that is. Uh, good point. I, I I thought that was permanent, but. <laughs> hopefully not permanent sleeping in permanently i mean that's what it sounds else. like i just <laughs> However, that's awesome you, you look i also good. have a a, a sunica hat who's a, a local charity in our area as well so i'm representing the the charities sweet Meg how are you jeff i'm doing great thank you for asking Stephen. it is a, a rare treat to be asked how i'm doing meg Gerber, how are you I'm doing good. I am actually wearing um, a shirt off my rack from back there. <laughs> it is the Bella Canvas uh, crop. <laughs> Meg, this is not this is not promo hour with Meg Gerber. All right. Always selling ABC, baby. Always selling. Always, always be, be selling. Always be. Yeah, Meg, you failed elementary because uh, <laughs> S is not after B, uh, but it's okay. Scott okay. Pearson, our special <laughs> guest. How the hell are you doing today, sir? Fantastic. I uh, I actually thought in our, our pre-discussion or this pre-podcast that we'd already gone through everything. I had so much fun and now we're going to do it again. So this is great. I'm oh, really, stoked, again, really stoked to be here with you guys. Yeah, awesome. this is this is going to be a good time for sure. Uh, but Scott, it is customary for us to give our special guests a good three to four minute introduction of who you are, how you got started in the promotional product space and what the hell you've been up to since, man. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's start at the beginning. I was born seven pounds, nine, no, I, uh, so, I'm a uh, family, family, soccer, professional career, do more, don't settle for today, what you're going to do tomorrow. So it's, 
it really is, uh, you know, my, my thing is just built on values, ethos, and kind of what's all important. So family of my wife, my four children, my three grandchildren, so that drives me every day. Um, soccer has been a massive part of my life forever, and I just, I can never get enough. And uh, U.S. playing amazing right now, which is phenomenal. Um, as far as the promotional industry, made my start after uh, failing in the MLS in 1996, by the way, uh, and losing my, uh, my, uh, my spot. So came back and found my way to, what's that? I didn't even know that. <laughs> it's not something I really talk about unless there's a massive public platform to boast about my, no, <laughs> my failures, right? Um, anyway, so, but it drove me really to, uh, to an introduction to Sweden in this industry and meeting some phenomenal leaders that really inspired me. I, I wasn't so much swayed by the selling of inexpensive plastic timepieces and floating sailboats in water and a travel alarm. Um, I don't know how many people can remember those, but uh, <laughs> it was really the people uh, that were leading the company that brought me in. And at first I was kind of, you know, just kind of making my way and, and figuring things out and realizing that this is one of the best industries in the world. You know, it's what America is based on. It, uh, it allows us to build relationships, long lasting relationships. And uh, it's a perpetual growth. And I think that we as individuals, as business owners or working within great companies, it's our responsibility to kind of progress things beyond just what's going on today, uh, which has kind of driven me to where I am now. And that is, uh, you know, we own a consumer retail brand, uh, which took some, was off to a, a running great start, took some punches during COVID. Uh, some silver linings came out of that, where just um, the nature of relationships in this industry and the need to be able to source quick allowed us to develop a North American sourcing company at the same time. So we're running two businesses now. Um, I grew from sales into national accounts, into marketing, and then product development and supply chain management. And that has given me a really nice broad perspective on the, the overall industry as a whole, from supply chain to end user to recipient of a gift, and how that plays through. And, and in that journey, I found that there's a, there's a higher level of responsibility that I believe we have. I, I don't think we just settle. We don't just settle for a transaction, for an order. Um, I think we have a responsibility to do more, especially as leaders. If we're going to choose to step up and, and, and go after it and lead, be a business owner or, or through your own companies, we have a voice and it's important to use that. And it doesn't mean that we're always going to get buy-in but it certainly means that we do have a responsibility. And that's, that's kind of what's led us to, I think, where we're going to get to, which is more discussion about becoming a benefit corporation, you know, being a revenue-generated business, for sure. I am all about making money the right way. I'm all about the growth of a business and the people within the business. I'm about the transparency, about the supply chain management, about making sure that as we understand the baseline of where our factories are and where we're you know, uh, sourcing, that we're able to help them on a journey of improvement and growth, whether it's through social accountability, whether it's through uh, material safety, quality assurance, uh, supply chain security, whatever it might be. And that goes all the way through, through our, our teams, we must have transparency. 
And I truly believe that we can run a, a revenue-driven business with a social purpose and have strong environmental stewardship along the way. And that comes down to our product development and the materials we choice and the, material, the products that we bring in that, that we recommend for presentations. Um, doesn't mean we're always going to get buy-in, but it certainly is an initiative and a priority first. So I know I kind of bounced there. I hope that's okay. No, Scott, I, 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 I think right. you're hired, man. I failed in the MLS. That's probably the only thing. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're going to be hired for the podcast permanently. You gave us a perfect segue into the topic for today, and that's, uh, you know, competitive advantages from having a bigger social purpose. So uh, yeah. why, don't, why don't you uh, elaborate on that a little bit as far as like what it, maybe what a B Corp is and, you know, what, sure. what that means to you? Yeah, wow. Um, you know, I, I, I think when, as we're growing up and the values that are instilled in us, and then we have things we have to do in life. And then we have things that are kind of the core of our soul we still believe in. And, you know, I come from a family of teachers and librarians and people who certainly were about education and about growth and about looking out for one another, all the way from my grandparents from Greece. I mean, this is just, these are some of the values that we had. And it's interesting growing through, you know, school and then young adult and then becoming a professional you carry that with you and you then try to figure out how you navigate some of those things that are important to you as you're trying to be a good example for those around you professionally, personally, your children, and what, what example are you setting? And I think that there's a lot of responsibility to that, um, but there's a lot of natural, natural ability to do it. And so that's where in, in business, you know, I would make a lot of annual presentations about strategy for the coming year. And it would, you know, there'd be some, some definite elements in there about either, uh, you know, uh, sustainability, environmental stewardship. And it was always kind of nice, you know, people really liked that, the team liked that, but it was more about like, hey, let's focus on evident and top line sales, right? Um, and nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but this opportunity uh, in the last four years has given us an opportunity to step away and build some of the foundational values and ethos that we truly believe in. And that is we can run a business with a social purpose environmental stewardship. So here comes then as I'm, as we're getting ready to build this business is the B-Lab handbook, you know, that was passed on to me and it's an easy read. And it's, it's, it's just every, you know, in each chapter, everything you're going through just starts to connect the points and it gives you really the, 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 the format of how to build a business where you can be a revenue-driven business, but also be thinking about all the other things that you can do at the same time to benefit others. I think there's a responsibility not to just take resources or take revenue, but if you're gonna acquire that, then what else are you doing? You know, For example, um, when we started, we knew that we needed to have a strong social purpose uh, driven. And so we looked at things domestically, we looked at things internationally, obviously we're sourcing internationally, so that was an easy pull. And we developed a relationship with planetwater.org and one of the things that we believed in is that if we're pulling resources out of a community, we want to put resources back into a community. And so what are, where are we manufacturing? It's mostly Southeast Asia. So we're in China, Vietnam. And so a lot of the clean water towers that we already had donated and done with Planet Water was in, uh, it was in Lompoc, Indonesia, because there was um, some devastating typhoons and tsunamis that wiped out the island. And so we were called on early to, to do that. So we did it. Um, and then, long, uh, then we did Cambodia, we've done India, um, we did Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria, and that was, that was absolutely part of the, um, uh, the goal was to continue on that venture. I mean, these things are absolutely 
producing a thousand liters of clean water a day. They're sustainable, anyways. And so we ended up finally doing one in Vietnam, which is where we were we were manufacturing. And so as we're doing one in Vietnam, we actually were able to get our Vietnam factory owner, who is Korean, and their general manager came with us five hours outside of Ho Chi Minh City, and they helped us build a clean water tower. So it just kind of showed like how we're all revenue driven, but we did some really good work there and continue to do so. So I'm, I'm gosh, you guys are so see. distracting. This is great. I love it. I mean, you can't see. That's why he's doing it. We're just honestly, Meg, I think you have your, uh, your hype video. Uh, I know. There we go. I wear my sunglasses at night or something, you know, we'll, <laughs> Sorry. Well, I think it's pretty incredible. Uh, so when I first met you, and, and something that we, we didn't mention is you just recently joined the Promo Cares Board. And yeah. um, I, what a huge, we lucked out with Scott Pearson, I feel like. I oh. we, I jumped into a meeting with him the other day and him and Danny Rosen, and I was just blown away. I'm like, let me see if I can take all the notes because I feel <laughs> like these two people, there are people that you want to follow, right? Like there's the Denise Tasheru from Fairware. There's there's you, there's Roger Burnett from Social Good Promotions, Danny Rosen, Scott Pearson. You guys are doing the things to change the way the world looks at our industry because the reputation that we've had is, oh, you don't want to sell that stuff. That's tchotchkes, that's, that's stuff that's going to end up in the landfill. But you're teaching people, you're educating, you're, because you're, you're schooling me every single day and I'm learning so much. I, I absolutely love it. I'm so excited to be able to take all this B Corps stuff that you're sending me to apply it. And anyway, I was getting off topic, but you, you, you've done a really good job of making sure that your bottom dollar isn't the profit, the bottom dollar or the bottom line is um, the, the social good that's coming from this. And I think Steven, you even did something a couple years ago, was it on a panel or something that? Yeah, I did a, I did a session in uh, Expo East, um, basically talking about uh, philanthropic projects. And it, it was basically talking about how it's, it's more of a retention play. So a lot of people wonder, why do I do this? Um, and some people who are very bottom line driven, this was the explanation to why you do that. I mean, obviously there's a there's a you want to do good aspect of it and you want to give back component, but some people are just bottom line driven. And so I was trying to provide some data and some examples of here's what we've done. If you need a reason that's that's very financially motivated, that shows how philanthropic projects and giving back is actually a, a retention play. You know, it's, it helps yeah. your customers be stickier. It helps you be a, a valuable resource for them. Um, we've even used uh, s- several of our customers who are big companies. They didn't have their own charity programs put in place. So we actually, I was like, well, I've done this before. Let me help you start one. So we helped them create a thing and we came in and donated a product towards it to help the initiative and let a session internally to say, hey, here's what you do. Here's how you go about it. I haven't been there in years and they're off and running doing their own thing, but I'm like, that was great. Like, but they'll, they'll call us for anything. You know, it's, it's, a, it's very much that relationship building tool, um, which our industry is founded on is relationships. So. Completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. We, we um, even with our exact brand uh, we had uh, right before COVID really like March, the first week of March, 2020, before everything really was shutting down, we were in American airlines uh, corporate headquarters in Dallas, and we were presenting to the procurement team, marketing team, and simply with our B Corp status, with our every product, you know, materials, everything is uh, chosen from a recycled based type material, a sustainable type material, um, that those choices being brought into the fold, you know, and we're talking to 
a different generation from my generation in terms of buyers, right? And it connected with them immediately. And so whether it's a longstanding, you know, like you said, a retention relationship, Stephen, or even just like meeting the right buyers that have right. the same value systems, you see it immediately. You see just the light kind of go on. And there's, there's this connection that you didn't even necessarily uh, uh, think might be there, but it is. And then they see that they, they have a better understanding of who you are from an ethos and a value standpoint, which a lot of times when you're initially presenting or meeting somebody, they don't know who you are yet. They don't know what you're all about. And when you have something like a B Corp certification or you have some proof in your, in your social purpose work, there is something that comes along with that that absolutely is a reciprocal benefit to your revenue and to everything else that can come from it. So I, I completely agree with you. Hey, Scott, from a distributor's perspective, is there such thing as a B Corp distributor? Um, only oh, yeah. Because, uh, oh, yeah. We, we, uh, my assumption has always been because we buy from suppliers that source all over the place and we can't control all aspects of the supply mm-hmm. chain of where we purchase. I don't know, like, is that a thing? You know, is that is that something that we should Yeah, you mean somebody, um, somebody uh, a competitor of yours say that's a B Corp, correct? No, no I mean, like, how would I, how would... Perfect promotions be a B Corp, or is that not a thing? Because oh, yeah. it, would, it would be the suppliers that would be the B Corps. No, no, it, it's okay. all the way through. So, I mean, you have uh, Jimmy McCabe up in Canada, you know, who who we had talked in, my goodness, 2019, and, and it, it inspired him to become a B Corp. Um, Denise at Fairware, right? I mean, so there's a number of, of different B Corp distributors. And the nice thing, Stephen, is about B Corp is that there's different assessment categories and it plays to your strength. You may not be great at being able to, you know, go do a ton of social purpose work, but you're strong in the environmental impact and the warehousing and the transparency to your employees and the educational investments in them. And so there's so it plays to your strengths of what you do. And it, it focuses on you, what you're good at, not what you're not good at. Right. And so it encourages you to build. And then through the, the B Corp community, you can learn and educate about the other things that may be changes in your business that could be coming. So yes, absolutely. Because you have, uh, banks, fin- financial businesses, you have uh, you have every industry you can think of around the world. There's over 4,000 B Corps. And when we started our journey into becoming a B Corp, there was under 3,000. And that's just three short years ago. So and with Patagonia, Clean Canteen, and you've got so many, Ben and Jerry's, you've got so many great brands, Allbirds, right? You got so many great brands that are on this. It's a growing community. And I'll tell you, the biggest thing for me that got me to make a jump into taking at 50 years old, the risk of starting a business from ground up was, I'm telling you, if I heard one more time, but Scott, this is how we've always done it and it's always worked, right? And I, I get it. I totally get it. There's a security to that and, and I get it. But I feel as though if I'm living that as my value, then I'm dying, right? Like I've got to continue to progress and, and continue to take this as far as we can as a business as the social work work we do and the environmental decisions we make, you know, is it's all important. We have to grow that and continue to educate. So I'm personally really glad that we're going down this road. Uh, I don't know, Meg, is that coming from you or somewhere else? I don't know. 
I don't know. But anyhow, I'm, I'm really glad that we're going down this avenue because quite frankly, I think a lot of people hear, you know, social or social good or uh, whatever. And they think it's automatically philanthropy. And they think that the only thing to do with philanthropy is giving money back uh, necessarily. And it doesn't have to always affect the bottom dollar. There's a lot of different things that you can do that we've hit on, you know, it's uh, uh, um social or, or um, supply supply sourcing responsibility, uh, right. sourcing responsibly. There we go. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. you know, there's, you know, the material that you're using, environmental impacts, you know, how your, how your hiring process is. There's all kinds of different things that go into that. So I'm really glad that we're hitting on this because I, I also, think wake that up. Or all, wake... Sorry, I thought you were ending. <laughs> this all kind of ties into what we talked to you last week about the V-chain and how this can be literally perfect. I know, Scott, are you doing anything with the V-chain on the blockchain yet? Because this is literally perfect for this when you're, when you're doing responsible sourcing and you can now prove where this product comes from, from inception to delivery. It's just hand in hand. I mean, they're laughing, but we just had a whole podcast on crypto and a NFT. 50 minute podcast last week that wasn't enough for Meg Erber apparently it's not it's because I'm always seeing opportunities where I feel like this would tie in perfectly anyway we could talk later about that but so you're, you're talking more about like just total uh, supply chain traceability uh, yeah. throughout yeah no that and that Fortunately, I, I was very fortunate uh, to be given an opportunity to develop uh, the education and experience in supply chain and how it works, right? Because you do have a, uh, a sometimes a trading company, sometimes it's the actual factory, and then the factory has sub vendors, and then you've got raw material suppliers, and you've got, it starts to fracture, right? And I think we learned early on when QCA was actually a thing, and we were developing Q, uh, QCA, was was really going deep into the supply chain and not just relying upon even just information coming to you from email but it's getting there and walking the walk so like when we developed our line with exactly you know it's like first nature is okay you define uh the the factory itself and then you define sub vendors and then you just define like the material suppliers as well and so we're in we're in korea visiting the material suppliers but in actuality it's being sewn in vietnam and then you have different components coming from different sub vendors that we also have to check and so there's a responsibility to it and it's worthwhile because there's a guarantee that comes back to the to the end buyer um, the consumer and buyer, whichever, but it's, um, and, and then being transparent about it because you're using the right supply chain. And honestly, when you just simply plan that way and execute that way, then it's easy. Then you share. And so there's nothing to hide. There's no curtain to be, you know, you just pull it all. It, it just makes good sense, you know? And I think that, I think that there's a value and appreciation then from an end buyer and, and all those around. And I think that's, that's how we, it's how we, how we walk. Awesome. Meg? It's not me. My thing was on mute. So it's one of y'all. Sounds fine to me. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I just thought that would be, you know, when you're talking about everything, is there a way to verify that though? Like that's where I'm coming in with the V-chain aspect of it. Like every step of the way is verified through, you know, these tags or these scans, these things that are built in, these smart contracts that are built in. 
it just all ties it in. That's all. I'm just adding. Those I think that's what he was saying because there's so many different yeah. ways, you know, there's so many different places that these things are coming from when you're talking about, you know, creating something from scratch. I mean, you talk, talk about a hat. I mean, there's 63 different processes basically yeah. somewhere around there that are ha- that's happening. So, I mean, you know, you're talking about where the material's coming from, where the button's coming from, where the, the plastic in the peak is coming from, you know, maybe it's a different type of decoration, a patch or something where that's coming from, then it's all got to come together. And so I think what Scott said is that it becomes sort of fragmented because you have to be able to trace all of that. So, I mean, that, yeah. that's why we're not there yet because, and honestly, with how many different pieces and places are in play, I think it's going to become very expensive. Yeah, it, it is. And and we're going, through, we've been going through that the last almost two years now. Um, like I was saying from COVID, we started a North American sourcing business called 6AM Sourcing, um, who is also a pending B Corp now, uh, just is because it's our, it's our model. It's what we do. Um, but we've been sourcing in Mexico and it's, it's, there's a lot of differences from sourcing in Asia. So Asia, we're very comfortable. We know we're good, what to expect um, and, and what the return is going to be. And now we're down in Mexico doing the same thing. And, and it's set up very differently. Mexico is not set up as vertical as, as Southeast Asia or a lot of the factories are. So we're, we're really having to dig into sub-vendors and navigate our way through different regions and, different, and then vet the supply chain. Um, and it takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. And so we, uh, but we're two years into it and we've got some very, very strong partners. We've got some partners in Monterey, Mexico that actually have their CT pack, you know, it's for, for coming across the border. And so it's, it's, um, there's, there's just, it's a fascinating process going through the supply chain and it can be painstaking, but if you, if you know the disciplines, if you know kind of the rules and kind of what you need to do, um, you can create guarantees to your customer uh, that 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 the things are with there. Now, to your point, Meg, like where can you find that? Is there traceability on like a some sort of a platform that's universally, you know, a, you know, you know yeah. um, not not that we're using anything like that, but we disclose anything and everything. I mean, we're doing Disney business, right? So Disney business alone is you've got to have your FAMAs, you've got to have testing, you've got to have everything you've got, you know, so we're very accustomed to it and very open to sharing anything. And that honestly is just simply the way it should be. Yep. You know? So what are some competitive advantages that you would, you would say that you've maybe had, or you could expect or experience from living a more socially purposed life with business? Um, I think that we're given some different uh, positioning opportunities um, as it relates to uh, big, uh, you know, Fortune 100, 500, 1,000 companies that have large other corporate social responsibility programs, social purpose programs, and they are looking to align themselves with a supply chain that is following suit in some of the same values uh, that they do. And even though we may be a notch or two down in that process, it's still important and still creates positioning for us. You know, also, you know, some of the things I think, Stephen, we were talking a little bit about this earlier, but um, we have in presentations done a value add to where if you're if you're selecting an exactly product for this event or this purpose or this need, um, here is transparently the dollars that are going to be going directly to the next planet tower build, uh, the, the clean water tower build. And if you want to, you know, we can even lower the cost and then take that cost from you and include your investment as well into a planet water build. And if you want to go next level and create incentives for a sales team, a management team, 
to be able to participate as a volunteer, you know? So our next one's gonna be in Aguas Calientes, Mexico, because we're pulling resources out of Mexico, so that's where our next tower is. So it, you can create these other additional benefits to just not simply getting a, a backpack, right? So you get a cool backpack with recycled material, it's all good, but you have this ability now to you know, bring in a little bit more value add and get them involved, right? And it's kind of like that retention thing that you were talking about, Stephen, where you get people involved in this, you know, one way or another, like our, you know, our exactly lines exclusively uh, been, been distributed by HIT. And so Nathan Cotter, you know, their VP of compliance actually joined us in Vietnam with the factory owner. And we went down together five hours outside of Ho Chi Minh and did a build, right? And so that camaraderie is just, I don't know how you just get that, you know? I mean, that's not just a night out in Vegas after a PPI show. This is something very different, you know? And, and I think, uh, for those that value the same things, you get like-minded people together. That investment just goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Stephen, any any uh, any questions from you or anything that you? Would no, have? I think it's inspiring to to see, you know, what you can do. I think there's some next steps um, or some call to actions that are kind of put out there as well. I think it'd be helpful to know, um, you know, if you if you can't go all the way to the B Corp you know, dive in, at least take a look at what's in there. I mean, I'm curious to know, it's like, are there little things that you can do to improve um, certain aspects of the supply chain in your own, in your own business, your own office? And I think that's, I think it's smart. I think it's probably the right thing to do. And um, it seems like that the way you described it, Scott, that there's probably some very, pretty easy switches and easy fixes to kind of get, get, um, to get moving in the right direction. So I think it's, it's, it's nice to hear all that. So. So Scott, yeah, okay. for, for somebody that's maybe not necessarily playing in that world yet, where would you recommend somebody starting or to get more information? Let me send you a B-Lab handbook. Um, when, when we first started, when I completed my, my first read of that, which was pretty quick, um, I went out and bought, I think, 20 some copies of it. And I started handing it out to our factories, to our customers, to our design agencies, anybody we were involved with, because, you know, I just... I, I just believe so much in it. And if somebody took a little something from it, I think that's great. I mean, listen, you, you, right now, you know, you look at a lot of the big box suppliers in this industry and there's a lot of really good work going on. I mean, just so proud of so many, you know, uh, owners and leaders of those companies doing some really, really good work. Um, I think there's more to be done. I think we're still an industry that's, that's bringing a lot of, from a hard goods standpoint, we're bringing a lot of plastics, a lot of things that we know where they're landing. And I don't, that's not going to go away. That's not going to end. And, but I think there's some offset uh, uh, things that could be done to help offset some of the impact. And there's a lot of things that can still be done there. Um, but that's, that's for a lot of like-minded people to get together and talk about. Fair enough. Yeah. Meg, any questions? I was going to ask the same thing that you did. I was going to say, where can we start? I know Scott and I had a meeting or we were talking about it in Raleigh and I was like, where can we start? I want to, you know, everything that I see, I'm already, we're already doing, but what are we missing? And he was like, X, Y, Z. So I think Scott was just such a great resource. I think he's going to be a great resource um, for the next steps in promo cares. We are just so excited to have him on board. Um, if there is a link that we can maybe drop in to this discussion on that, Scott, or maybe a place that we can kind of um, link people to. So the general, our listeners can, can look along, we'll, we'll do that. Maybe you could send it to me and we'll, we'll do that. Um, but otherwise, no, I'm just, uh, I'm really excited about the innovators and the people that we have like you in this industry that are forward thinking and, and, and really concerned about 
where we end up as an industry, you know, and what were the products that we give our customers and then the relationships because of those products and, and practices. So it's all good stuff. Yeah. And I would, I would just, uh, one, one thing I'd just like to add is that it, um, it can be overwhelming as far as a starting point and understanding what that is. And I think that simply just a little bit of light education, um, looking at a basic assessment on the B Corp website, um, and I, I keep referencing B Corp because it's such a great structure and foundation to pull from. Um, and, and see where your strengths are. Just play to your strengths. Don't try to be something you're not. That's, that's not healthy or good for anyone. Play to your strengths and then build on that. Just build on it. That's all, you know. But uh, love it. Awesome. Do either of you have any other questions or closing remarks? No, that's it. I appreciate it. Appreciate you coming, no? appreciate you coming on, Scott. No, I, I'm, uh, hey, tis the time of the year and happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for all of you guys for giving us this platform to discuss it. So uh, thank you so much. Yeah, should we do a, a quick rapid fire? Yeah, if you want. Yeah. Uh -oh. I heard this is where the wheels come off though. <laughs> well, it's just talking about things. The strongest editing is done. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs> only when it, you know, maybe I'll put you in jail, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'll start rapid fire off. All right. So with Thanksgiving being tomorrow, what is your favorite Thanksgiving item on the menu? Yes. Yeah. For me? All of you. All of you. Oh, man. I got to go straight to dessert, to be honest. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you give me a slice of my, my wife's homemade punk or, uh, pecan pie. Done oh. right there. What about you, Steven? I mean, it's hard, it. to it's hard to choose one item because like they, they kind of you kind of take a bite with things together. You know, oh, so I don't I don't sure that you make sure I don't eat the touches. You don't keep your food apart. You I don't eat the gravy by itself. You know what I mean? Like I just it's it's on the potatoes. So I'm a good turkey. If you I haven't have had my gravy, it. then just saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get a straw with it. I put it on my mashed potatoes. <laughs> So you're yeah, not turkey. you're not you're not drinking it straight out of the gravy boat? No. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, for me, honestly, like I say yes just because I love Thanksgiving dinner. It's like, you know, you do it once or maybe twice a year if your Christmas dinner is similar to your Thanksgiving dinner. But um, I don't know, just something that's a little bit more unique, I guess, to Thanksgiving as opposed to Christmas would be pumpkin pie. So I'll stick with Scott and I'll go with dessert and I'll say pumpkin pie. There's lots of whipped cream. Yeah. Hey. Yes, well, absolutely. Pie is to me is the the least favorite of all the pies. Just gonna put that out there. But I would I'm have kidding. to say. Well, this is why gravy. you're weird. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> but my gravy with or without the straw. Just gonna put that out there. My gravy <laughs> is fabulous. Nice. From scratch. Moving very, on. Very humble. <laughs> we need to get together and have the to the yard. Do you know? Yeah, it does. All right. So <laughs> next. <laughs> I'll go next because I didn't know it until you asked that question. I'm curious to know what do, what do you guys drink during Thanksgiving? Alcohol. Yeah, well, that's what I'm asking. Like, <laughs> I, I I never really thought about this, but I don't. Like I just always drink water. Do you guys? What do you drink water. for Halloween? Is that I mean, I drink water happen? for everything. But if we're gonna do something festival, I'll make like a hot apple cider. Or there's usually, everyone usually brings wine, so. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, give me a deep red right out of the gate for sure. Wine, okay. Uh, that's probably after I've had a couple of Topo Chico hard seltzers. 
Then I've got my my red cab, probably wrap it up with a little Maker's Manhattan and probably drop an edible after that. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry. That's wow. how easy it might be, right? You got a plan, man. That's that awesome. And all the people and all the kids and everything. And I'm probably the one that did 50 people's worth of dishes. I need to bring it down a notch. You deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic jeff that's awesome uh yeah, you know what my alcohol preferences are changing a lot over the last year or two uh well i won't say a lot but like i used to be really big into like you know craft uh crafts beers and stuff like that uh i'm now if i drink like two craft beers i'll get like massive headaches and whatever but i'm not like celiac or whatever like i don't have any type of gluten i don't know i don't know what it is but anyhow so I've, i'm kind of like getting away from beer more and going into uh you know the obviously like bullet and coke is like a go-to for me uh something like that or an old-fashioned nice. uh, but wine wine honestly is it sounds like a a really great spot so i, I might mm. i might actually go with scott again and just do wine uh, just cleanses the palate after every bite no. Just a, a nice peppery oaky cab sauce. Yes. That's, that's what I'll. Rafumé Blanc. There we go. Jeff, what you got for us? Oh Lord. Uh, well, I was going to go the Thanksgiving dinner route as well, but I guess I'm going to have to come up with something else. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, Scott, do you have a question for us? <laughs> I do. What are you guys going to do on Friday, the day after? What does that look like? Um, so Meg's I, gonna mail out Christmas cards. <laughs> Maybe. We usually put up the Christmas tree like the day after Thanksgiving. Um, I took off Wednesday, so I have off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm excited. I don't usually do that, so I'm gonna get crazy. Like I'm gonna sleep in, you know. Maybe at breakfast or lunch. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> nice. Yeah, for me, Black Friday is definitely uh, that's a, a day to spend at home. Used to be out doing stupid stuff, shopping and things like that. But um, you know, now Black Friday deals you're getting weeks in advance and that sort of stuff. So there's no reason to really do that anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, unless it's like a doorbuster or something. But typically, we'll put up the tree and decorate, and you know, just spend a day with the family. Nice. I like Black Friday shopping. <laughs> um he's still young he's still young i i, I mean so i i remember when i used to have to wait outside like yeah. before it opened and then i had it mapped out like if i go well see that's, at that's, 3 that's what happened you know you used to have like to camp out at like you know 3 a.m or midnight or 5 a.m or whatever it was right and then it it just kept progressingly getting longer and longer and longer and now you got to wait so 24 out at, hours like thanksgiving morning so you're basically losing Thanksgiving if you want a Black Friday shop. Oh, yeah. I don't do anything on Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I remember when you used to have a plan, like this store at 3 a.m., this store then opens at 4, and then this one opens at 5. That was fun. So when you do that, are you, are you shopping for yourself, or is it holiday shopping? No, I never, no, I never shop for myself. And honestly, I don't really buy a whole lot of stuff. I, I'll tell you, this is my 10-second funny story. I uh, was waiting in line at a Target. This was like years and years ago. Um, and people were like talking about what they were getting and they were like, you know, hand out the coupons for the doorbusters. And they were like, what do you hear from? Like, I need a gallon of milk. <laughs> and people were like, what? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I just ran out of milk. I just, uh, I knew this place would be open at 3 a.m. So I just thought uh, I'd come over. So you guys buy, you buy your holiday gifts before the 23rd of December? I started. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I'm playing golf. I'm playing golf on Friday. So I've got, nice. uh, I've got a charity golf thing I do most every year, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Jeff, you got like 30 seconds. Go. Uh, all right. Favorite holiday movie. Um, Christmas vacation. Yes. Christmas vacation. Um, the you'll shoot your eye out movie. I think Christmas story. 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 Yeah. yeah. Jeff. Christmas vacation is is the uh, that's the tradition. Like if you're not watching Christmas vacation uh, uh, like a hundred times during the holidays, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Give me give me Randy Quaid with a dicky and a V-neck sweater and some white patent leather shoes, and I'm happy. So my neighbors, I don't know if you saw it on the news. I think we talked about it last year. My neighbors are the ones that do that really big, um, they hold, do the whole Christmas vacation setup with Randy. They have the whole, they have the guy hanging off the roof, Chevy Chase. Like they do, they go crazy. Neighbors That's hate incredible. It. Hate it. But like it all they, put, very, they put mannequins, like mannequins out there dressed? They go really? all out. Wow, wow, that's cool though. All out. It's literally like everything. And it's like all the proceeds go. They like ask people to bring presents for Toys for Tots. And it was so big the third year in a row. They're actually not going to do it in the neighborhood this year because everybody, all their neighbors complain. They like rent, bought a field. It's going to be insane. But it's, it's, <laughs> they do so much good. They do so much good. And that's it's awesome. Neat. Neat. very cool yeah. all right well look guys if you enjoyed the podcast it was brought to you today by our good friends over at tech weld usa made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products they offer many usa made products to help separate themselves from the promotional products pack and as you saw we were all being very classy wearing our sunglasses earlier on thank you son really appreciate it but look tech weld our good friends they've got some incredible sunglasses they actually won the 2019 distributor choice awards in the sunglass category uh, and they've got a lot of SKUs that are fda approved and offer for UVA and UVB protection. Uh, and, you know, hey, uh, since we talked about, um, you know, maybe dropping an edible, uh, they've got a lot of cannabis products as well. Uh, they've, got, uh, they've recently launched a cannabis line and a lot of great products over there. So if that's something that uh, that you're into, go check that out as well at techweld.com, T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com. You won't be sorry that you did. Tell them that the Industry Insider sent you. And uh, we'll wrap it up. Thank you guys very awesome. much, Scott. It was awesome having you on, man. And uh, appreciate everything you're doing uh, to, to live a socially purposeful life. Yeah, I love you guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. All right, take Cheers. care, guys. Tune in next week and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.